Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Good morning, everyone, or good day, or good afternoon, or evening, depending on where you are. It's Janet, and I'm here. I'm excited. I have a really fun show for you. It's really going to be interesting. I think you're going to love it. I'm going to say hello to one of the people who've called in, Robin, and welcome to the show. And it was Robin who encouraged me. When I give you the phone number, which I'm going to give you now, 646-668-8565. When you call in, if you want to talk on the show, you want to ask a question, you want to make a comment, you want to get feedback, you want to scream and yell, whatever it is that you want to do, again, 646-668-8565, you do need to push the one, um, number one, to so I get the indicator. Now, it may be one star, it may be star one. Robin wasn't quite sure, and I wish I could be more clear, but you can test a few things. And if somebody does call in and want to talk to me, I will mention it. I'll say, oh, I see somebody wants to talk to me. So you'll know. I think you guys can figure it out. I thought there was some instruction, but Robin said, no, there there wasn't. So in any case, I know it's a one, something one. Um, Okay. So let's get going, guys. Um, I want to do a little bit of, I want to talk a little bit about events coming up. Um, This Saturday, February 6th, I'm doing a workshop. It is here in L.A. And it's, you know, a lot of people ask me about this to do it. And many of them, of course, are not in the L.A. area. But right now I'm just doing it here in L.A. I'm starting out here. It's to teach people uh, the how our energetic fields work, our whole energetic world, how it works, and what we can do to deal with it, to heal it, to uh, get rid of or dissolve the energetic baggage that we carry from literally eons of lives. You'll also have a lot of practice. So you're going to practice working on yourself, working on a partner, and I'm also going to teach you how to work on loved ones that aren't with you, people or friends or family members that you wish to work on, help them work with certain issues, whether they know or not. I'm going to teach you the techniques, and you'll also be practicing that. It should be a fabulous workshop. There'll be plenty of time. It'll be fun. Uh, Anybody in the area, please come join us. Um, It's at the Gateway, and it is, oh, my goodness, where? What is the address? Well, it's near Pico and Barrington, very close to that area. If you have any problems, email me, Janet at JanetRichmond.com, and I'll give you the address. I have advertised it a lot on all the various media, so you probably could just go right onto my website, HigherSelfVoice.com or JanetRichmond.com, and get the address and all the details. Oh, I have another caller. How exciting. Um, A caller with the number ending in 4062. Good morning and welcome. 
just push the number one if you wish to contact me or one star or star one. I'm not completely sure, but I think you have to push something with a number one. Anyway, or maybe you're just on to listen, which is great. I'm so happy to uh, welcome you. Okay, the next thing is that I'm going to be part of the Conscious Life Expo also. Now, I do have the address on this one. It's at the LAX Hilton at 5711 West Century Boulevard. That's in L.A. And I did it last year. It's a fabulous expo. Fabulous. It's the biggest one, I, I think, probably in the whole country, but I can't say that for sure, but I'm pretty sure it's the biggest one. Um, it's nature's kind of a new age metaphysical spiritual expo. It's the biggest one in Southern California. And it's so exciting. There's just anything that you're interested, you're going to be able to find there. And I do give a talk at 5 o'clock on Friday. I know it's not the best day in the world, but it was very difficult for me to get a time. And so that was better than I got last year. Last year it was at 3, and the whole the whole expo opened at 3. So people didn't even have a chance to find out I was giving a talk. Although I did have quite a few people that ended up coming, but it, and it was great, and I loved it. And I just want to welcome everybody uh, again who might want to join the talk. But I do have a table in the lower lobby, and it is... Well, you'll find me. You come down some escalator. There is also an elevator, too, I think. And you come down an escalator, you find the lower lobby. And there are many other tables and, and exhibits and everything down there. So hopefully you will come say hello. And also you can visit and see the other things that are available. Okay, so that's the sort of the announcement for the moment. But I wanted to give first, before I go on with the fifth dimensional information, and then I'm going to do a really powerful healing. At least I hope it's really powerful. That's my intent. But I want to give you some feedback from Jennifer. Last week, we worked on sexual harassment for Jennifer. She was literally felt like every time she went out in the public, she was moving into a battlefield of men staring at her, bothering her, uh, sneering at her, approaching her, attacking her even. And she she just shies away from even going to the grocery store because she just is feels under a barrage of attention. And it was very interesting. The whole healing was very interesting. My heart went out to her big time. I just can't imagine, you know, just walking to the going to the post office or going grocery shopping or going to the mall and feeling like you have to be constantly, this is the way she was feeling, constantly uh, hyper-vigilant in a way to make sure there wasn't anything nasty coming at her uh, from men. And she she was very open, very honest, and it was an interesting show, so I do encourage you guys to listen to it if you have not. But the interesting thing was I got two pieces of feedback from her. The first was the image that I had of these attacks were not bombs or arrows or gunshots or anything. It was water balloons, okay? So I talked about it in the show, and for me, that symbol meant they um, what's happening to her is not life-threatening. But water balloons hurt. They sting. They can hit you in places that can, you know, ow, you know? So the... The her feedback was she felt when I had when I was using that image she felt as if it it minimal minimalized or uh, discounted the true difficulty she was having with this and so I had a long conversation with her and I was um, very sorry but what was 
but I did explain to her that, and it probably didn't come across well enough in the healing, was in my mind it was reassuring that she wasn't about to be attacked in the sense of she could lose her life or she could be raped or something like that. And that is, that was, oh, that's always her fear. Whenever somebody comes to her, she always goes to that life and death moment in her mind. Is this going to be it? Is this going to be the one that knocks me out in some way that, you know, really gets me? And so for her, it, every time she goes out, it is this constant threat. So I explained to her that the, the water balloons was not meant to minimize how she was experiencing this constant threat, but that it was an indicator that, yes, it hurt, yes, it was stinging, but the, the life and death aspect was not present, even though that was her fear that it was present. So anyway, we worked on it. She understood, felt actually a little bit better after I explained it to her. Um, but the second thing that was so interesting, the feedback, I don't know if you guys heard my healing, but if you if you go back and listen, and for those of you who have listened, I found something very deep and very solid uh, pattern. I don't even remember what it was anymore. Uh, it sort of located right in her chest, and it presented looking like sort of a very big, hard rock, just really difficult to dislodge. And I saw this image of, first it was one woodpecker that came in and started chipping away at the rock, just kept, you know, tapping, <laughs> tapping at the rock. And then more woodpeckers came in, and pretty soon she had sort of a flock of woodpeckers tapping on the on the rock. Now, you guys have heard a lot of symbols that I've come up with, never come up with a woodpecker symbol, ever. And she said, she told me, she said, well, you won't believe this, but I live on the ground floor and I keep my door open often in the summer when it's nice. And I have a woodpecker that comes in and pecks on my floor. And I've come to love the woodpecker. We become friends. He's, you know, he, he comes in and out. And she said, when you, when you brought in that woodpecker image, it, I felt safe. I felt I was in a loving space. And of course, that was really interesting to me because I pick up symbols all the time, but I am realizing that I was given that symbol by her higher self because we were attacking a very deep, very difficult pattern. And so to bring in a symbol of something was neutralizing and helping to uh, break away and dissolve the pattern, to bring something in, a symbol that was for her, her immediate feeling was, you know, love and connection because she just loves this bird and that she's friends with it. It's just so cute and so wonderful. So I want to share that because I thought that was really terrific and it helped me understand too just another level of understanding of how symbols can really be significant. And I would never have come up with it, but it's her higher self, of course, that give me the symbols to use. And of course, they gave me one that was right for her. And anyway, so I thought that was interesting and I wanted to share that with you. Okay, so I'm now going to talk about a little bit about the more, a little bit more about our evolutionary mission. And it will all lead to what I brought up last week, which is this fear of responsibility. And the reason is that the healing today is going to be around that. And I'm going to talk a little bit about some higher self information 
then remind you about what the higher self and what I said last week about the fear of responsibility, and they're both tied in. And then I'm going to give you some real-life examples from my life so that you're going to understand more than just the words. You're going to get the picture of a personal experience of someone, myself, actually how the fear of responsibility that I was completely unaware that I had, how it played out in my life. And I think you're going to find it fascinating, and when we get to the healing, you're going to be thrilled. Uh, Okay, so... Um, now, the 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 higher self, of course, have really indicated for quite a while now that there is a great need for fifth dimensionals to be brought into a state of consciousness, which, as you know, is part of what I'm doing. And many may be already in consciousness. I don't know, but I'm certainly one vehicle that does that. That, that and they say that. Um, those who want to take up the act of destiny, right, will do so, but there are those that will also drop by the wayside. And this is dropping by the wayside is what I want to address right now and why I'm doing the healing on this fear of responsibility. And so they first um, talk about divine will as far as the interplanetary uh, is concerned. And they say that it's been said that the, the fifth dimensionals of the interplanetaries are uh, locked into divine will. And in a way, absolutely, because we carry the true soul essence, which is that an aspect of ourselves at the fifth dimensional level. The fifth dimensional level, as I've talked about, is part of the divine law frequency. We have to invite that fifth dimensional uh amalgamation when we do the healings. I'm always saying, let's call in the higher self. We have to invite them in just like originating source, just like the pure soul essence. We have to give permission to that divine well frequency to work with us. However, guess what? We carry the facade, human soul, which is a free will arena. So at the dual soul nature, not only are we carrying two aspects of an interplanetary or fifth dimensional aspect and then a human aspect, but we are also carrying two types of will. Okay? Now, it's an interesting thing that goes on with this. Now, so, because we're, okay, so, even though at the interplanetary level we are locked into divine will, we can't change that. We made the choice when we became fifth dimensional, eons and eons and eons and cabillion, cadillion eons ago, we made the choice to move into that free will kingdom. And so, yes, we are locked in. However, the the because we carry the the facade soul or the human soul, there is what you might call a fail-safe pattern. So even though we've come in to process our active destiny, we want to. That is the desire at the divine will level. But remember, the divine will cannot force, cannot trespass the free will. So that fail-safe pattern is in essence saying that at the facade human level, we can opt out of our destiny pattern. We can choose not to because we have free will. 
And, in fact, there are many interplanetaries around the planet. And I've told you there's millions, and I don't know how many. I've never been given the exact number, but many millions. Many, though, have come in and have opted out. All right? Even, okay, this is the kicker. Even when they think they're still active in their destiny. Okay? Even when at the mind level, they don't realize they've turned away. All right? If if we have moved away from furthering the human evolutionary process, we've chosen to drop out of drop by the wayside. And what it comes down to and what the higher self has explained is that it comes down to if at that free will level we carry what they call, and I think you've heard me say this, sincerity of motive and purity of purpose. If we carry that at the human facade level, we will be pulled along, uh, we will be moved along into um, the active destiny pattern. So, let me explain this a little bit. The of course, we're on automatic pilot when we because we carry the true soul essence. And so that electric energy, like I explained, keeps processing whether we move off the path or not. So one way of looking at it is we always are doing our destiny and it really there's no no need in any way, shape or form to feel like a failure or feel you're not doing the right thing. But if we if we at the facade level choose to go, you know, step aside and not move into it for whatever reason, and it's it's most of the time it's not conscious, and I'm going to explain all that in a minute. The then we're pulled off the more active destiny path. We will still be giving off the energy, but we'll be pulled off that active destiny path. Now, if however your facade carries that purity of purpose and sincerity of motive, meaning that you accept within your heart of hearts. Now, this is true acceptance, not mentally saying, okay, I accept. Um, If you accept that you're willing to do whatever you are to do, even, and this is also important, even in the darkness of not knowing what it is you are to do, meaning that you just, it's darkness because you can't see what your destiny, your active destiny would be or should be or could be. So if you carry that sincerity of motive, uh, you will be pulled through that facade of yours, even though it's reluctant, even though it might throw up barriers and blocks, even though it finds all sorts of reasons not to go into the destiny pattern because of the fear of responsibility that I talked about last week and that I'm going to talk about again. Despite that, you will be pulled through by your true soul essence because it's that sincerity of motive, uh, I mean, purity of purpose and sincerity of motive that is connected us to that free will. That's the permission, in essence, that we've given the free will, the divine will, that, that true soul essence to work with us and pull us through. If we don't have that, and we can't, it's hard to know. And why is it hard to know? It's hard to know because 
at the mind level, especially anybody who's listening to this show, at the mind level, you want to do your destiny. Who the heck who's listening to this show doesn't want to help in some way? We want to do the destiny, but we're so unaware of what is going on at that deeper soul level that's lived eons of time through difficulties and problems and pain and suffering. So it's hard to know if that hasn't sort of taken over and said, I can't, I'm too afraid. So it's hard to know. And I'm going to give you some of the examples of my life, okay, in just a minute. But if you're willing in your heart of hearts to fulfill, you can't fail. If you desire to fulfill that function, if your purpose is pure, you can do no wrong, and your higher self, that inner true soul essence, will guide and direct you. Um, if you're acting in an order, in or you know, your looks on the outside in some ways, or you think you're helping, but underneath there's some other funny motivations going on, like trying to manipulate or control, or you're having some sort of uh, self-serving kind of um, feelings or motivations, even if they're not fully conscious, then you aren't working from that purity of purpose and that sincerity of motive, and you won't have that pull-through. Now, the pull-through means that despite what blocks you throw up, I don't mean literally throwing up, but you put up in your life to prevent you from taking the steps forward that you need to take in order to do your destiny, despite those, you're going to be pulled through to the other side and get back on the destiny path, okay? So there is a, your, your true soul essence is going to help you, but it has to be in cooperation with that free will part of us. It has to be. Because the rules and regulations of the free will kingdom is the, the divine will cannot trespass, cannot force, cannot make something happen. It has to be in agreement. And it's the purity of purpose and sincerity of motive that is the agreement that allows that pull through to happen. And okay, now I'm going to give a lot of examples from me. Uh, but before that, I just want to remind you all about the fear of responsibility that I talked about last week. Many fifth dimensionals in that facade form, as I've said, they don't recognize the fear of responsibility because, as I've also said, in their mind level, they can't wait to do their destiny. And I think I've told you all, when this information came through from the higher self, I'm thinking to myself in that group, that Wednesday group with Joan Culp, oh, I don't have that. Oh, are you kidding? I don't have any of that. I can't wait to do my destiny. And the next sentence out of Joan's mouth was <clears throat> from the higher self. She's reflecting the higher self, of course. Uh, there are those of you in this room that don't think that they that you have this issue or something like that. But in fact, there is not one of you in this room that doesn't have it, for it is prevalent with all fifth dimensionals. And they go on and on and on explaining. I mean, and I'm going like, that took me up short. So I was aware of this fear of responsibility fairly early on. Fear of responsibility, fear of commitment, uh, that's, they, they would interchange those terms. It's responsibility related to the destiny pattern, not that you would be afraid to take care of your child or take care of your responsibilities at work. It's related to the destiny pattern. 
Uh, and this fear they were explaining last, explained to you last week, this fear is very triggered when when we're in a major uh, infusion or major new concept being brought to a, a planet. And we're at that point of time here, and that's one of the reasons we have millions of fifth dimensionals, because many will decide to walk away from the destiny, so we have plenty to stand in their place, so to speak. Um, and th because there is a lot that gets triggered off when there's one of these major missions. Of course, we're in many, many lives where we're helping in smaller ways, but when we go into one of these major missions, and I will give you much more information on the the infusions, uh, the concept infusions, and how they went on this planet. I've got so much information on it. It's fascinating. But just know for now that when we get into one of these, they're so difficult. It's because change is difficult. So when you're moving into a mission where there's a big new jump in concept and ideas and a lot of changes that need to take place, there's a lot of resistance, there's a lot of attack, you know, uh, the humanities don't want you to, uh, they don't like your message, they, it feels alien or, alien or it feels threatening in some way, they can't relate to it, they don't want their lives to change, and so whenever there's a big change, you know how difficult change is? Well, it's the same on any planet, any big mission, any big new concept that's being infused, the fifth dimensionals who have come in to help with that change have suffered tremendously. And so all of that suffering, all of that fear, all that experience, all that trauma gets triggered just by moving into a situation like this. It's not fifth dimensional fear. Please be clear. It's the facade soul that is experiencing it on the planet, on, on any planet. It's the facade soul that is doing the experiencing. The fifth dimensional soul is very clear, cleared a long time ago. It's standing in its purity, but it's carrying the facade soul that has to go through the free will kingdom existence. And it's the facade soul that has come in to be active and to help the evolutionary process in some way and is, is often, um, you know, tremendous suffering, tremendous suffering. So, so the fear of responsibility is uh, big time, and in many instances at the soul level, it will throw up so many blocks, so many problems, so many issues to take itself off the path. And that's what I, I want to talk to you about the way I've done it, and it's fascinating. And I did it in ignorance for much of the time, you'll see. And we self-sabotage ourselves over and over again. And and also, and it's the self-sabotage part that I'm going to talk to you about. The other part is that we often just sit and listen to the information, but we don't utilize it in our own lives. Um, we, we think we're too busy or, you know, we don't understand it well enough. We always have reasons why not to. So we come, so we listen and we're fascinated with the information and we don't use it. Now, when Joan brought in the information about fear of responsibility and fear of commitment, I want this to be really clear for you all because my journey has really been valuable. She heard all the information for the first time, just as we did. So nobody in the group had any experience. 
And you can get the theory. You know, we all carry fear of responsibility. This is why. This is what makes it difficult. And we throw up roadblocks and this, that, and the other. Well, okay, how does that play out in real life? There was no one saying, well, this is what I experienced, or this, 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 because we hadn't experienced the information. We hadn't utilized it or related it to our life pattern. So that's the next thing I want to do. I want to talk about what happened in my life. And I'm not going into huge detail, but I want to give you enough examples so that you can see I was ignorant. I didn't tie these early things at all to the fear of responsibility, the fear of commitment. I would work on fear of responsibility and fear of commitment just because, you know, I'm the good little student that hears this. This is a very big, important thing to work on for the higher self. It's one of the five most important issues for fifth dimensional to, to work on. And so I would work on it. But because on the mind level, I didn't have any, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel any blocks. I didn't feel any resistance, maybe I didn't work on it very much or very deeply because these are the things that, that happen. And I want to just explain to you, these are ways we can bring blocks and create situations and conditions where we could choose at the free will level to walk off the path. We could choose it. Okay. Early days, meet Joan, find out my destiny has something to do with creativity and then it but, you know, it turned out it was artwork. And the higher self taught me this catalytic art technique. I went into it. I dove into it like no tomorrow. I was in art shows. I was selling my artwork. I was teaching it, the technique. And I was just moving forward really well with it. And then then what happens? <laughs> I get I get married, get separated, discovered I was a bit pregnant, and then get a divorce, I'm a single parent, uh, and I already have a child as a single parent, so now I have two children. So in my mind, I have to move away from the artwork, and I have to really focus on making consistent money. I can't wait to sell a picture or whatever. I, I didn't have the luxury. So I move into, and that's when I started my business. Well, I'd already had it, but I really went into it really big time, moving into that accounting business. And just started working all day long, almost every day. I mean, there were years where I didn't take more than five days off in the entire year. And it was terrible. And I got the divorce, and I didn't date for 18 years because I gave up not just my spiritual work, my artwork. I gave up my personal life. You know, if I wasn't working, I was with my kids, taking care of the household. And it was it was a big time of self-sacrifice, but I told myself, you know, I was just getting successful with the artwork when all of a sudden I'm, this is happening to me and I make the decision, oh, I have to, I have, I can't be doing this. I can't take the time. So that's what I told myself. I'm the chief, I'm the mother, the father, neither father, was two different dads for my two different kids, neither father took place, took any kind of we're not involved in the kids' lives at all. I didn't get receive any money. I went into mother father mode, you know, earning your own earning all the bacon mode and, you know, gave up everything you do what you have to do. You love your children, you're I was happy, I wasn't I mean, it was so stressful, but there isn't anything you won't do for your children. And so I had all this rationale that I needed to sacrifice myself for my family. And that's what I did, folks. Now 
it doesn't mean that I wasn't neutralizing. I did continue with the neutralizing because by that point I was doing it when I was I was running at that point. I would I would do it literally while I was running. I would run one, two or three miles almost every day and I would do it while I was running. I'd also developed the ability to do it in the car. You can't get as deep when you're driving, but you know, I'm good at going in and out of frequency. I'm good at, you know, amalgamating quickly and so it was very uh it was doable for me. It was sort of like listening to my passenger talk. I, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone that isn't very comfortable with it. <laughs> By the time I started in the car, I had been doing it for many years. Um, in any case, I found ways to do it and to fit it in. And I also did some healing work. I'd meet like once every couple of weeks with someone. We'd get together, had a buddy, and we I'd do some work. Um, we'd do a work on ourselves or occasionally for other people. Um, and I did do some, all of that. And occasionally I work with that same person doing a healing. We get a request. So I did do something. I did not do my artwork. I was continued to stay involved, but I didn't really grow, grow the work. Well, I did, but it was slow, very slow because, you know, I didn't devote the time. Well, at one point I decided, hey, I'm going to do a piece of artwork every single day. Now, my artwork is a very interesting technique. It doesn't take a lot of time. You know, I don't spend days on one picture. I cut the paper into three and a half by five and a half pieces, very small. It takes me eight, five, eight, ten minutes to do one, to do one. And I put all my art materials, because I use pens and pencils and pastels and just a lot of stuff, hundreds of, of them in front of me on the coffee table. And I just said, okay, it's staying on the coffee table. I can do one piece of art every single day, but I can't be cleaning up and putting away and putting back out and all of that. And so I made peace with, okay, I have no coffee table. (laughs) And so I didn't. I didn't have any coffee table to use except for for the artwork. And every single day, whether it was 11 o'clock at night, I would at least do one piece of artwork. I didn't have any expectation. It was part of the darkness. I didn't know where it was going to lead me. I had no idea, but I just made the decision that I needed to do something. I needed to commit to myself and this energy work. And I did it for one solid year. Then I had a really bizarre fall. I was out walking with a friend on a sidewalk at night, and it was very dark. We were going through a stretch where there was no street light, and one of the... um, sprinkler heads that was like six inches tall for the lawn next to the sidewalk, instead of being straight up, it was straight out into the sidewalk. And because there were two of us walking side by side, I was right there, my foot caught on it, and I just went flat down. My teeth went through my lip, they became loose and cracked and all sorts of things. And uh, I broke a rib, um, smashed a rib, and seriously injured my knee. So for about three weeks, I didn't do the artwork. I was traumatized, and I was busy going to doctors and being, and, and everything's fine, and I'm fine, and, and it had no real long-term anything. But um, it took me off the artwork for three weeks. But that was that was a block I set up for myself, just so you know. I didn't have a clue then, wasn't thinking along those lines. I'm just thinking, well, I'm an idiot. Why, why wasn't I more careful? Um, but I did start the artwork up, and I did six more months of it. During this time, I happened to meet a friend of a neighbor's 
named Paul, and we got to be best buddies. He he was very interested in all things New Age and spiritual and metaphysical and everything. So uh, I suggested him we start a group, and I started during this time doing my artwork. I started my Friday group. Now my Friday group met every single week. We both invited people in we knew, and there was about eight to ten regular attendees, uh, very different than what I do now. Each person would come in and, and would have responsibility for, you know, bringing in an exercise or some information or sharing something with us, um, getting us all to help. We did a lot of healings. And it was, you know, seven years. And during that time, there was a lot of growth. There was a lot of, you know, we met every week to really put that focus of attention on it. Now, what happens is that Joan then dies in 2006, and I decide, I get the copyright to her materials. Her daughter, you know, loved her mother so much, was not interested really in this work, but valued her legacy, knew how important it was to a lot of people. So she gave me the copyright because I was working with Joan. I've talked to you about that. Anyway, so I decide to sell my business. Okay. Here's Janet. Accounting, 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 living and breathing, sacrificing myself, blah, blah, blah. Slowly, though, had moved into doing the artwork, doing this with the, the group, the Friday group. So I decide now's the time to really step up another big step. I'm going to sell my business. This was 2006. Well, <laughs> here was the first roadblock I set up for myself. And boy, was it huge. And I had no consciousness no consciousness about this at this point, and I'll explain to you when it all came in. I did through process. I interviewed a lot of people. I found someone who I thought would be great. I sold my business, and I was supposed to work over there for like three, four weeks to help train people and get started. Well, it turned out to be a nightmare. After a week, I realized my business was falling apart around my around me, and so I said, I'm going to break the contract and leave. Well, she she charged me uh, she said, you owe me $14,000. I said, what? And she said, well, uh, I altered this room so you'd have a space and this, that, and the other. Anyway, it would have turned into a major legal battle for me to get my business back. And so I paid her the money and I got out, got my business back. She wouldn't let me even into the offices because I brought over all my computers. I brought over my all the files. I brought over everything. You know, I had a major business. Five people work for me. We're talking a big business. And what she didn't do, she didn't allocate anyone to help me, and she restricted my, my day to eight hours. So, uh, you know, I had all these people working for me, and suddenly I only have eight hours to do every, my work and everybody else's work. And so by the end of a week, it um, I was having nightmares at night. So I pull out. I'm paying $14,000. I have to go back, catch up. It was a freaking nightmare. Okay. Three more years. I continue my business. But then I say to myself, I can't do it anymore. Meanwhile, in those three years, I was getting the tapes from Joan uh, transcribed onto the computer because they were cassette tapes. She she recorded virtually every higher self piece of information that she brought in. Not every, but so much of it. And I also began writing my first book. But working as hard as I did... I think I did a quarter of it in three years. I mean, it was really slow. 
uh, you can imagine I had very little time. But then I decided to sell my business again. Okay, so first roadblock, uh, a gentleman that had been working for me for 15 years was so traumatized by the fact that I was selling my job, even though I gave him the option he could be part of the deal or not. He said he wanted to be part of the deal. So when I went to, when I was interviewing various people, I said, you know, I really want Andy to be part of it. All my clients know him. They, tr- they trust him. They, they care about him. And he cares about them. He has a great working relationship. And, you know, they all agreed. So, But even despite this, what I didn't know is that on the inside, even though we had conversations all the time, he was falling apart. He was devastated. This change was overwhelming to him. Uh, He didn't know how to handle it. And he stopped literally doing the work. And I didn't realize he would do just enough to make sure no phone was cut off, but he'd wait three months to pay a bill until it got to that point. He wasn't processing my client's checks that they were receiving from their clients because I would process all that, make all those deposits. And so he did so little work and always had a quick excuse when was asked. And at some point when I realized it, it was a nightmare because one, I'd already made a deal with someone to, or I was in serious talks, we hadn't signed the papers yet, with someone to sell this next time. But I couldn't sell the work, my company, with all these problems. And Andy Andy uh, handled some very important clients. So I, I had to get going. I had to let him go. By the way, we're very good friends and there's no problems now. I saw, you know, I realized even in the moment just how I hadn't realized until I discovered this, but I realized when I discovered it that he was not handling it. He just never confided in me. But we're fine, I just want you to know. But I had to hire three people because I'm now doing my work, which is already, as you know, way overworked, uh, Andy's work, and fixing six months of problems, six months of non-work six months of mistakes or half work. And so I had to hire several people. I did not have to pay anybody, I, uh, but I did have to pay all the people I hired to help me. We did get everything done at all. Um, it took me a couple of months. I was able to finally sign on the dotted line and sold the work. And then it turned out that the accountant, and I, I was so diligent with this one, I interviewed, I think, 15 accountants, and both me and the the agent that that I worked with were present at every interview. We both liked the same accountant, and I sell the business to this accountant. Nice guy on the surface. I get in there. Again, I'm there for about a month to train someone. Well, they didn't hire anyone to learn my work, so I'm training to people who were already working full-time on his clients, and so I can see, again, my work is not going to be done, it's low priority, and I could have, okay, I could have broken the contract, taken back all my clients, and done the same sort of thing I did the first go-around. But I didn't. I had conversations with my clients. I didn't badmouth the accountant. I never would do that. But I said, you know, it's different. 
It's not going to be quite what you think, you know, just maybe trying to make a relationship with him so that he knows who you are and this kind of thing. And they were great. They said, look, we've already done this once. You need to take care of yourself. Your heart is, is moved on. And they were very supportive. Well, within a few months, almost all the clients actually left him because he just, he had his way of doing it and it wasn't similar to mine. In fact, I didn't have to pay him anything, but the, the, the deal was based on how much money he made at the end of the year. And because so many of my clients left in that year, the money was greatly reduced, so my pay was greatly reduced. But the fact of the matter is it was reduced, but guess what? I didn't have to pay out. <laughs> okay, so I've made progress, still unaware of what's operational here. Two major issues selling my business, coming from though I had no idea, this fear of moving into my destiny pattern. Still had no idea. However, I move into the destiny, you know, it's, it's history now. I finish that first book. I come out. I start, you know, uh, workshops. I do meetup groups. I do private sessions. <laughs> I do radio. And I'm moving forward. Well, the next thing that happened it was about a year and a half ago, I decided, okay, I'm going to start getting my face out there. I'm going to do videos, big now, YouTube, you know, everybody knows that. And I've thought about doing YouTube for a long time, but I was going through such a big learning curve that I, I, I you know, I just couldn't do everything. I wear a lot of hats and I couldn't do everything, so I put off the YouTube. Finally decided to YouTube and I meet somebody, oh, she seems so great. Oh my gosh, yes, 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 we get a contract. She's going to help me do the filming and, and you know, educate me and this, that kind of thing. Well, it, it was a complete nightmare. Everything she touched didn't work. And I'm so aware at this point, I'm saying to myself, I brought her in. Why? I'm a good judge of character. I've had a lot of people work for me over the years. I feel like I'm a judge, good judge of character in general, but I've had two, you know, two accounting things, not a good judge of character. Uh, this this gal that was going to help me with the video uh, didn't work out. I'm thinking, why, why, why? Well, finally, okay, here's the denouement, guys. Finally, I asked the higher self, what is going on here? I have gotten enough experience, enough understanding now, enough practical understanding, not just for my own life, but I've been doing sessions, private sessions for a lot of people, and I'm learning through what I see in the, is happening with, the, the, with my clients, et cetera, within my meetup group where I do uh, healings now. I do you know individual healings for the people who come. They're small and short, but anyway, so... I finally asked the higher self, and they were like, like uh, uh, hello, this is just another roadblock you've set up for yourself because you're about to take another step forward. And then they give me the rundown. They show me the two accountants that didn't work, my my employee that, that stopped working and created the nightmare, anything to block my next forward step. It was coming from this fear, fear of commitment, fear of destiny, fear, fear, fear. I had no concept. And they took me all the way back to when I went off the artwork and then and then pointed out, well, I decided at one point I'm going to do a piece of artwork every day. I could have done that from the beginning, but it never occurred to me. Here I am starting to get successful in selling the artwork and I find a reason to go off the path. Now, 
I do carry the purity of purpose and sincerity of motive. And so my true soul essence, that part of me, pulled me through. It was working slow, hello, slow, was working with me. Now, you, you have to remember, I went through this years ago. It's much more sped up now, frequency-wise, and the pull-throughs are happening much quicker now and would happen a lot quicker. But when you're pulled through, you have to go through all the issues, but you do it in a more sort of compact or telescoped manner. You get through them faster. Unfortunately, another issue can come up faster than it might have. Been, might have. But in any case, I do carry that. And I was told by Joan many years ago, and I also was reminded of it myself. It's in my book, my father, when I was, he was, when I was trying to do something with my mother and my father had already laid aside the body and he came in and he gave me, and it's all, this is in my book, it's sort of interesting. He told me that that purity of purpose was a big part of what I was about to do for my mom. And I explain it in the book, so I don't need to go into it here. But I have that, thank goodness is all I can say, is because it's pulling me forward. Now, once I got, that was just a year and a half ago, that I got that information that those big problems, that the fall, everything that I did was my attempt at the facade level to sabotage my destiny because that part of me is too afraid. Doesn't, it's just plain, doesn't want to go into the trauma and the drama and the suffering and the whatever. So, when I got the opportunity to be on television, which was last, I think, November, late November, or yeah, it was late November, I'm now aware, okay, I'm aware that this is another big step forward. TV is another big step forward, guys, okay, big step. I'm thinking to myself, if I'm not careful, I'm going to throw up some nightmare stuff for me without... <laughs> And I don't want to. I want it to be successful. So I got going. I hit the ground running. And I worked several times a week, deep work on this fear of responsibility, this fear of commitment, and anything and everything that's tied into that. Because we have other things. You know, that's sort of the the umbrella. But you know from my work how many different pieces there can be. And I'm on it. You know, I'm on the case because I, I want the TV show to go well. And I'm excited at the mind level. I don't want anything to come up. And believe me, I could imagine a thousand things. And I almost didn't sign up. But then after I worked on it, I thought, well, that's crazy. And I thought, you know, and I, I said, of course, I'm doing it. So anyway, we can rationalize away so many, so much of our good intentions. Oh, it's going to be expensive for me. I have to fly back there. I have to, you know, be in a hotel. Uh, what if there's a big, huge blizzard and I'm stuck in an airport for three days. And, of course, there was a big, huge blizzard just after I left. So, I mean, the timing turned out to be perfect. But I I was constantly thinking of these sort of what I saw as practical issues. But I didn't fall victim to those, those mind games I was playing on myself because I just kept working on this fear of responsibility and fear of commitment. And I did have... A roadblock, and you're going to laugh. I can't remember if I mentioned it or not because it's so funny. I arrived there, and that morning I'm wash, going to wash my hair, and I'd forgotten all my hair care products. My dryer, 
my curling iron, my brush, my mousse kind of gel stuff. You know, I I just didn't have anything. I forgot it all. Now, when in my ever in my life have I forgotten hair care products? Never. So, I mean, it was so bizarre. I started to laugh and I thought, well, if this is the roadblock I'm setting up for myself, Wow, I did some really powerful work because how minor is this? And I literally washed my hair and went with it unstyled. And they didn't seem to care. They didn't know the difference. There was a gal there that did some curling iron stuff on the front of my hair. She didn't have time to do anything more because they kept pushing me to go in. Um, But, you know, it was what it was. But I was so heartened and felt so good because I had done an incredible good job because in consciousness comes power. I brought the concept in to my consciousness that all of those blocks, all of those big, huge issues that were unbelievable, all my life was changing in so many good ways. I was getting so much movement forward, what I thought, so many, um, so much shifts in my life. I was so happy every day. And then I'd bring in these big, huge, like traumatic events. Now I understood where they came from. And that is what I want to share with you. In consciousness is power because there's preventive work that can be done here. All of you can work on this sphere of responsibility and this sphere of commitment. And it is this that I want to work, do the healing on today. I want to give you all a jump start. Now, keep in mind that I was working on fear of commitment, fear of responsibility for a lot of years, but not very hard and not deep because in my mind level, I still couldn't quite connect with it at all. It took the actual events and then the higher selves in hindsight explaining to me why I manifested those problems. 15 years this employee worked for me. He was totally involved in the whole aspect of the sale, both times. And he fell apart and never spoke up. It was such a disaster that could have completely derailed the sale. And then when I went in and I had another massive problem with the person I had chosen, but this time I didn't choose to break the contract. I chose to to step forward. And my clients, as I said, were just so nice. They said, we're grown-ups. If it doesn't work for us, we're going to find someone else. And they they were very uh, supportive and very understanding. And so, anyway, sharing my hindsight, my 2020 vision, my understanding with you all, and now I want to get to the, uh, the healing. Um, I'm just going to drink some water. I want everyone, meanwhile, to get comfortable, take some deep breaths. Um, Understand you can hear this again. I've been blabbering on really fast, but, you know, when I prepare these things, I never know exactly how long it's going to take me. So I'm always wanting to make sure I have time for the healing at the end. And so that's it. And my sense is that I'm talking to the choir in, in the uh, with the idea that you wouldn't be on the show, you wouldn't be listening to the show if you didn't have a great desire to help, if there wasn't something in you that you really want something bigger. And there are a lot of things that can derail us. Addictions, 
self-sacrifice can raise its ugly head in like it did for me in my work in so many ways we have parents or uh, a significant other or someone that needs a lot of care caregiving and we move out of our lives and and give up everything to be there for the parents or the grandparents or whatever it is or a child that has difficulties or whatever um, we can say to ourselves they need me i have to be here and i'm telling you that once i made the decision to do that piece of art every night i found i did it it was the commitment to the self it doesn't mean you have to give up a hundred percent of yourself you do have to if you have parents that need you of course but look for openings look for ways look for times that you can do some neutralizing or uh if you're do music that you spend 20 minutes uh, half an hour um three times a week practicing your music or composing or, or whatever it might be everybody does it differently everybody has some something that speaks to them something that draws them in something that is their passion uh even if you don't know what your passion is commit to yourself in some way I had no idea what the artwork was going to lead to. I had no idea, but it was that self-commitment that pulled me through that one. Okay? Pulled me through. Kept me moving was part of the pull-through from my true soul essence. I was cooperating with that true soul essence. And that's what I want for you all. So, and of course there's a million other examples I could give, but we don't have time. I want to do this. I want to do this healing. This is important, guys. Okay. <laughs> I'm laughing because I close my eyes, I'm taking a deep breath, and immediately it's like a crowd has moved in. There are just so many and there's it's 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 jumbled. You know, we're in that circle like we're sitting on the wheel, but it is so it's so disorganized. It's like <laughs> I want to say it's like it feels like the Wild West. It's like everyone's decided they're going in for the gold rush, and so we just have these crowds of souls coming in. Way more, way more. It's so interesting. Way more than the listeners, past, present, and future that line up so very nicely around the rim of this symbolic wagon wheel. And instead, it's just like so many are coming in. Uh, it's not nice and neat with the external, uh, you know, outer wheel or wheels. It's just this really enthusiastic, really um, big crowd. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm so, I'm not good with numbers, but I, I just, it's just so crowded. It's so crowded here. So there's something about this healing about this energy that we're about to put out that that there's just i don't know thousands tens of thousands of souls are here wanting this healing and i'm just going to ask the higher selves to please make it a little bit more orderly i need a space kind of in the middle because i'm going to be using that hub um to focus on um you know the scoop so uh yeah now they're just kind of helping uh, usher a few people back. It's like everybody wants to be in the front. You know, you're going to a concert and you want to be right in the front so you can get a good viewpoint. But the it, but the fact of the matter is, it isn't about being in the front. 
anybody here is going to get equal amount of energy. There is no, um, there's no one that gets a better table, so to speak. No one. There aren't some that are sitting by the noisy kitchen and some sitting at the front row and uh, or in a quiet, secluded spot in a restaurant or something. It's it's not that. Everyone is going to get the energy, but it's the enthusiasm that is so fun. It's exciting, guys. Okay, so so now. Okay. Now, the first thing I'm going to do is I want to activate that Rainbow Bridge energy because I want the, the I want all of the soul to be connected at the chakra level. But but even more than that, I want that hub to take its place in the center. And it is. It's kind of got a spotlight on it. It's as if it's there. Oh, and it's very interesting. It's as if it's slightly raised. So anybody in the back, anybody from anywhere can see it as perfectly as anybody else. There is no better seat here. Okay, so that's good. And it's there's nothing on it as yet because we haven't done the amalgamation, but it's got a, like a beam of light on it. And, of course, it's just a symbol. But now I want to have everyone begin to focus on the now moment. Okay, now the newbies are... It's as if they know what to do. Everybody seems to be focusing on the now moment. And it is being set up around us. And it's quite huge. Okay? If the now moment is huge, because there's so many people here, I can just imagine the forever now moment. So what we're going to do is we're going to use that focus of attention and we're going to expand that now moment into the forever now moment. And that forever now moment is beginning to move, it's beginning to encompass the totality of all the soul processes of all the individuals here. And there are people in and out of body here, actually. It's kind of interesting to me. We're having, uh, it's it's just so huge. Uh, and the some of the, some of the souls here are very confused. And I want the higher self to help help them with that confusion. I want to bring in divine clarity, divine serenity, because they want to be here, but they're just, it's almost like they're trampling each other. They're trying to find their space. They're trying to find their way. There is a lot of confusion here. I'm finding this very interesting. Okay. So I want to just put in divine serenity. It's really, really, we need to um, quiet the, 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 the group and divine understanding divine clarity, and I want to bring in divine evolutionary um, something. I don't know. I don't know why I said that, but higher selves bring in whatever needs to be brought in. And things are beginning to quiet down. Things are beginning to quiet down, and I want to just encourage everyone to just uh, stand in the center of neutrality. Uh, don't believe or disbelieve anything. Just allow the information, allow the energy to come in. You, you know, take it in, utilize it, process it, and try to stand with between the belief and disbelief. Because if you, you pull it in and immediately begin judging it uh, with these beliefs or disbeliefs, then you're going to crown the ability for this energy to really process at the highest level that you can handle. So we want to immediately, and I'm not even done with the amalgamation, I want, I'm seeing the, that, that, 
like that spotlight on the hub become more like a the eye of a hurricane and it's the light is now cre- becoming a very big beam uh, like a beam of light that's uh, also not only going down and with the the hub kind of in the center because it's going down past the above and below the hub but it's also beginning to expand because we want to bring the totality of all of these people into that neutral space and it's a space of light just like the eye of a hurricane there's no clouds there there's beautiful sunlight you are part of the hurricane but you're not of it and in the same way we are part of what's going to go on what what are what we carry at the soul level but we're not of it we're held in this neutral space it's beautiful it's got divine serenity divine love divine evolutionary enlightenment, divine um, hearing, divine understanding. It's just carrying, it's carrying all this energy to help each and every soul to process this healing in the very highest level. Wow, I had no idea. Okay, so that's encompassing the totality of who we are, and it feels very much... Um, it's very, very present. The higher selves are maintaining it. I would like to now activate the the forever now moment is actually in place. It's so huge I cannot even begin to deal with the, the enormity of it. But I'm because it's encompassing the totality of all of those present. And when we're talking tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, whatever it is, people, I mean we're talking enormous forever now moment. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna now Bring that focus of attention on that pure soul essence we all carry. And the interesting thing is when I said that, it was as if this internal light on all of these souls that didn't know the term, that doesn't know what it is, turned on. And they all noticed it. They all sort of looked at themselves and were like, what is that? And I want to explain that the pure soul essence that is that, that light you're seeing within, that's the part from originating source. And simply by being present here, by taking part in the healing, you are giving permission at that facade level, all of these souls, to, you're giving permission to become aware of that pure soul essence, of that divine light you carry. And I want everybody, those who have been here before and all the new souls, everybody to please focus on that light. Use the focus and feel it. Think of it like the sun beaming out, just throwing out more and more light, warmth, healing. Just It's this divine symbolic sunlight, and you're just going to fill the totality of your body with that, the totality of your mind, all of the uh, etheric bodies, and the totality of your soul at every level, level. The totality of the forever now moment is being filled with this light. Wow. All I can say is wow. It's so bright. I can no longer really see that eye of the hurricane, which is light as well. It's like it blends in. Now, the interesting thing is the higher selves are indicating that I need to also have the true soul essence activated. And they are telling me that the souls that have come in are fifth dimensional, uh, fifth dimensional carrying the dual soul nature. 
and they come from not just this planet but all over the universe and they are uh, they all need this healing it is a uh, related to fifth dimensionals although uh, certainly uh, fourth dimensionals are going to benefit too this isn't just you know exclusive excuse me you have to be carrying the dual cell nature in order to benefit anybody can benefit from neutralizing any kind of fear fear is Hold us stuck, hold us prison, no matter where we are in the walk of life, no matter what level we're on. So every single soul can be can benefit, and there could be um, there could be uh, ones here that aren't uh, interplanetary, carrying that dual soul nature. But the indication here is at least the majority, a great majority, are, and they've come from all over the universe. Well, I appreciate that information. So. So what we're going to do is we are going to focus on that pure soul essence. Um, I have come up with a symbol for those of you who maybe are having a hard time finding a symbol for yourself. I started to explain it to people that the that we walk around with that true soul essence all day long, lifetime after lifetime, and we're barely aware of it. And I started thinking this analogy that we walk around in our physical body we know we have a liver. We know we have kidneys. But we don't pay any attention. We're not aware of them. We just go through our day and it's there, but we don't notice it. It's not part of our conscious interaction as we move through our day. And in the same way, it's the same thing with our true soul essence. And then I started using the heart, our actual physical heart, as a symbol for the true soul essence because the heart is the lifeblood of the body. Symbolically, it represents love. It is the circulatory, you know, the heart of the circulation. It brings uh, nutrients and uh, air, you know, oxygen and everything needed by the entire, it's like the, the it's like, it's the heart, <laughs> the heart of the body and the true soul essence is like the heart. Again, we don't pay attention to it. From time to time, we're aware that it's beating or that, you know, it's running fast because we've just run a marathon or whatever. Or we've done some exercise in the gym um, or maybe we have heart issues. So we become aware of it from time to time. But for the most part, we walk through our day without realizing it. It is part of us. It is a significant, important part of us and in the same way our true soul essence so if you think of the pure soul essence like the divine sun within symbolic sun you can think of your true soul essence if you haven't gotten another symbol as your heart the heart so you can visualize symbolically your true soul essence as that heart and so as you're focusing on that or any other symbol that you've come up with I want you to just Feel the beat of that heart and sense it. Become one with it. Roll with it. Move with it. Feel that beautiful heart, the beautiful love, the beautiful centered, calm, uh, unconditional element of that true soul essence. And that is you. It is part of you. It is um, as much a part of you as your facade soul. So I want everyone to do that. And I'm feeling almost like some people are sort of asleep. It's almost as if it feels so good and so calming 
there's a lot of good feelings running around this group of people. So that's a good news. Now, I am going to call in, too, the amalgamation with the conglomerate higher self. Of course, this is the higher self of all of the souls involved. It is an incredibly huge energetic field. These higher selves will work together, however, to help me with the healing um, because we want to work with everyone. We want to get to as many of the patterns, as many of the issues, as many of the blocks that we can in one healing, um, you know, I don't know how deep we'll be able to get, but we'll do the best we can. And I'm actually going to call in other fifth, other higher selves from any other realm of directions. And I'm going to tell you right now what immediately presented itself before I could even get the sentence out was their six-dimensional fear. Now, as you know, you know, Evolution is a, prog- is, prog- is a process, and fifth dimensionals process into the sixth dimension. Now, the fifth dimensionals who have volunteered to return as facade souls uh, have not, cannot move fully into the sixth dimension because part of their aspect is, you know, an aspect of themselves is here in the fourth dimension. So... They can, but however, the aspects in the fifth dimension continue to evolve, and we men, many of us carry aspects at the sixth dimensional uh, level. I think every one of us does, in fact, because we're still moving and evolving and learning at the in place in the fifth dimension. So we aren't penalizing ourselves. But what I sense was not aspects from the sixth dimension, but actual six dimensionals. Six dimensionals. Uh, <clears throat> work with part of their service pattern is to help the fifth dimensionals in their process, okay? So I'm seeing, because there's so many fifth dimensionals present here, the sixth dimensional energy has presented itself. It's it's kind of uh, to my right upper, I'm sensing it in the right upper quadrant. I've sensed six, I, I've definitely been able to sense six dimensionals before. This isn't the first time. I don't remember if they ever came into one of my radio shows. I'm not sure. But anyway, it's here. It's kind of like an overseer, and it will, um, it, it just feels so strong, so powerful, so safe. There's just this safety factor somehow, even though the fifth dimensional nature feels so safe, but it's just added another whole dimension of that. I don't know. Um, of course, I'm interpreting it through my, you know, my human side. So, um, you know, I'm using human words, which really doesn't explain some of these frequencies. They're so high, we can't even imagine it. But anyway, okay. So we have a lot of energy here, a lot, a lot to help. And now I am being shown the the spotlight, so to speak, is on that hub, and everybody is quieted down, including myself, <laughs> and all focus, all eyes seem to be right on this hub, and I want to just see how the higher selves are going to run this, because I, they don't give me any previews, so I'm not sure. Let me just see. Well, what happened was, what's coming up and I don't know where this is going to lead to because they give me one step and then I have to move with it and then I keep getting the deeper ones. Uh, it was as if out of the center of the spotlight stepped forward a very dark um, humanoid shape. 
it felt more masculine and feminine, but it's really kind of neutral. It's it's really not one sex or the other, but it's dark. And it seems like it's the heart of the fear. Um, it's very real. It's tangible. It almost feels physical to me, even though I know it's a symbol, but it, it's tangible. It feels very, very real, and it's right at the center of the light, which is, for me, symbolic. It means at the, the depth of who we are, we are carrying this very um, dark, and, and not dark evil, but dark unknown, because we're not aware of it, and also um, dark because of the fear, the fear element. Now, it's almost arrogant. It feels almost as if, good luck, you know, you're not going to touch me. I'm so, I'm here to stay, you know, that kind of thing. There's almost this sort of arrogant, uh, skeptical, what do you think you're doing kind of quality to this, and which is so interesting because, as you saw with my little experiences, um, it was there, and it kept presenting itself over and over again and until I went in with consciousness and dealt with it. So I just want to, I just, you know, I'm getting the feeling I need to say, are you happy being there? Does that feel good to you? And it's saying to me, yeah, it feels safe. It feels safe if I'm here and if I'm active Nothing is going to hurt you. I'm powerful. I can protect you. And it is just spewing out all the reasons and rationalizations of why it's not only solid, but necessary and important. It gets its self-identity from the fact it can keep us safe. And uh, in case you haven't figured out yet, guys, I want you to start to release the idea that there's something good about fear. I want you to release the idea that fear keeps us safe. It gives the impression that it keeps us safe. But we, we could go out and be hit by a car and die tomorrow. There's so many elements, so many things that we aren't safe, no matter what. So that fear is just an illusion that it keeps us safe. And I want everyone to release the belief systems that safety comes from fear. Oh, my gosh, I'm kind of feeling sick. At my, right in my heart center, I'm feeling sort of sick. It's just really, it's, it's choking almost. The, the whole idea of getting rid of the fear and the safety, it's scary. Oh, 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 oh. Whenever there's a safety factor, as you heard me say, it's hard to release. It's hard to let go of because the safety factor, want, wants, we want to hold on to it. So that there's this deep part of our souls, and it wouldn't come up if everybody wasn't carrying some element of this, because uh, that's the way the higher selves work on a conglomerate healing. They're bringing in the issues that everyone can get benefit from letting go of. So I need to figure out, I need to figure out where we need to go from here. Okay, so I'm setting up that gigantiola symbolic vacuum of light right over the head of this thing, and it's symbolically going to be helping each of you um, release. It's going to help suck out that 
all the fear that we carry and the misunderstandings about why fear is important. Okay, here's another one. Oh, my goodness. Uh, boy, are we good at rationalizing. Fear is a motivator. Fear makes me work harder. Fear makes me um, take care of myself and uh, not be lazy. Fear, you know, maybe I'm going to be hungry or I can't afford my rent if I don't work harder. Fear is a motivator. Fear and, and anxiety, they're going to help me. They keep me moving forward. They keep my life going on track. They, you know, it's a motivator. Without fear, I would be a lazy bum or I would be worthless. And so this too is a way, and haven't we all said it, gee, my nerves actually help me. I study harder, I work harder, I'm scared, you know, I have an exam coming and now I'm scared, you know, I better study hard and it's a motivator. And boy, have we said that over and over again because we've actually lived it. But when we, when we lock into that belief system and want to hold on to fear, it creates a prison around us. Now, if we didn't have fear, does that mean we absolutely would never study? Let's just say we're in school because we can all relate to that. If we didn't have fear, that's where we go to. Well, if I weren't afraid of failing the test, which means I won't qualify for getting on the football team because I'm not, you know, I can't have a failing grade. If I didn't have fear, I would never study. We go to the point where if I don't have fear, we go to the opposite polarity. Remember, this is so typical for, for the human condition. If we don't have fear, we'll never pass the test. Now, that's what's behind this rationalization, is the, the opposite, the belief that if we don't have the fear, we won't be motivated, which is crazy. How many things do we do because we love it? We're totally motivated. How many things do we do has nothing to do with fear, and yet we, we work hard, uh, we, we feel good about ourselves, but we don't have fear. We're not um, anxious or stressed. We just go and do it. I mean, you know, it's, it, we know consciously that that's not the case, but underneath, we tend to go to that opposite polarity. And so as I'm talking, I'm seeing a lot of that one being dissipated. A lot of it is being released. And the that male structure that I saw, gee, so fast, is already starting to shrink. It's becoming, it's still that same shape, but it's becoming smaller. And in fact, it's now feeling vulnerable. It's losing some of that strength, and it doesn't like it. It doesn't like feeling weak and vulnerable. It doesn't like not having a foothold on all of us. Now, why this is happening so quick, but I really, we, we need to address this because it too is going to that opposite polarity. Well, if it gives up the fear, then it's weak and vulnerable and has no strength because it interprets strength as power. So I want everyone to start to release all the misunderstandings, all the misconceptions around that. That fear is power. Fear is strength. Fear is what makes us. And I want everyone to release that. Now, we haven't even gotten to the whole commitment thing and the whole responsibility thing, but that's fine. We're getting rid of these, holding on to any kind of fear at this point. It's uh, sort of a generic fear here that we're working on. So there's fear of losing fear, okay? There's fear of being vulnerable, fear of losing the strength, 
fear of being helpless. Because if you feel fear as power and then you give up your fear, you feel powerless. So we want to release all issues of powerlessness. And all I can say is, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that person dis- disappeared. We did that symbol, okay? We did that symbol. And I want you to keep releasing powerlessness. It was kind of left a residue or a um, a pool of something here that we need to address. And powerlessness and helplessness is part of that pool. Because now we we don't know who we are. We don't know how we're going to operate. There is that darkness of the unknown that I really emphasize that even though we don't know if we have that purity of purpose and sincerity of motive, we're going to still move forward, even in the darkness of not knowing where we're going to go. And so now where this healing is going is to release the fear of the unknown and the fear of change, the fear of um, unfoldment, the fear of unfolding, the fear of moving forward. And here we go with the fear of the destiny. Okay, now what's coming out now? It's it's just completely different. It's like out of that pool, things are releasing, but more things are coming up. It's, it's almost as, though, as if we've opened Pandora's box. I'm sorry, guys, but we're not going to be afraid of it. But what's coming out now is all the pain and the suffering that have been behind this fear for so long, the trauma the drama, the rejection, the abandonment, the betrayal, the pain, the physical pain of uh, being tortured, being um, burned at the stake, being buried alive, being um, imprisoned, Uh, you know, all the loss and all the grief, that's coming up too, whoa. And it's coming up symbolically from the ground. It's as if the, it's pulling from the foundation of who all of we, all of us are. The foundation, that forever now moment pulling. The past now, the future now, whatever it was, that, whenever it was, that all of us have experienced it from the soul, at the soul, uh, at the facade level as we went through our processing over the eons of time, helping the, the, four lower kingdoms in their evolutionary um, process, their evolutionary growth, their evolutionary movement. And so it's just, it's pouring up. I see uh, like fire, like um, coming out of a volcano. I see lava, but not red. I see like um, like oozing and mud and just spilling out just... uh, just a lot of very old, very um, gross, you know, gangrenous almost, you know, like stuff coming out of boils or out of infections and, you know, just pus and just lots of stuff just pooling out, pooling. And as it pulls out, it moves into everybody's light. And so whatever comes from each individual moves into their own light and is totally neutralized and absorbed into the light. So none of this stuff is going to come back and haunt anyone. But we're talking Pandora's box here. It's as if we've opened a gigantic 
well of yuck. Now, this is a big well because it's all so it's all of us. But I want everybody just to keep releasing and keep moving that stuff. And the the misunderstandings, the misinterpretations, and the misconceptions about moving into a big destiny pattern. First of all, there is, and I just worked on somebody recently. It was so fascinating because you know when we we go through some big change, we see the bigger picture and we feel overwhelmed. Like we've been married and making this up, we've been married for thirty years. And we never worked. Our husband always supported us. You know, I'm talking a female. could be in reverse. But um, our husband always supported us. And suddenly we have to be fully self-supporting for in the, within the next five years. And what we see is, what the heck am I going to do? I have no resume. I have no experience. No, 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 no. And we get overwhelmed. And let alone that, I've never paid a bill. I've never, t- you know, taken care of the household, you know, insurance and taxes and that, 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 that. And we become 100% overwhelmed. What is important to understand that that is what we feel at the facade level when we move into one of these big infusions, these big ages where a lot of important work needs to be going on and the fifth dimensionals are choosing to help in so many different kinds of ways. Um, So... We, but we feel overwhelmed because we come in at the unremembered remembrance or the knowing level at some very deep level that's not conscious how huge a job there is to do there. But what we aren't realizing is that there are millions of fifth dimensionals already in place to help. It's not all on our shoulders. And we have time. We have to go through the soul mind detox. There's a lot of transformational issues that are going to be happening. We have time. The Earth is planning to move into the fifth dimension, this whole solar system. The last I heard was about 2,000 years from now. So there is time, but we have to get started because any kind of change takes a lot of effort. People are resistant to change, as I've talked about. So And so are we, guys. So are we. We're, we're still human. We're still within the free will community community, we we feel the same things. We've experienced the same things. So the big, big thing that's coming up now is that sense of overwhelm. It's too much. I can't do it. And when we get overwhelmed, what do we do? We want to avoid. So we step aside. We step away. We find blocks. We find issues that get in our way so that we can, that we can rationalize, oh, well, I've got to take care of my parents. Um, and that's a full-time job. I can't really be doing this over here. Even though we're not thinking of it related to the destiny, it's the same sort of thing. So, and we have, you know, I used to have what I call my slug periods, where I get off, I'd finish work for the day, no matter what time, and I'd sit in front of a TV, and I could do nothing but watch TV. I was a slug. Now, if it went on for three or four days, even a couple of weeks, I was okay. But as the weeks would draw out, I would get anxious. What's going on in my slug period? What is it? What's going on? And I was so worried. Well, at the time, I had Joan to reassure me that um, I had stopped, but it was a temporary. It was like being in... um, with the term she used. Oh, my goodness. Kind of a stasis where I was doing a lot of energetic work because I didn't 
really put it together, but now I see it. I still had the purity of purpose, sincerity, and motive, but I was processing at the inner levels and stuff I wasn't aware of. And then it was just be so weird. One day, I'm out of the slug period. It's gone. Now, I haven't had slug periods in a year, in years, but I used to have them early on. I don't have them anymore because I've done so much of the... Um, the neutralizing. I've done so much work on myself and the clearing. Do I still have things to do? Of course, you know, but it's, I don't have to go into those kind of uh, incubation type of periods anymore uh, that I used to have to do. So now, um, so now I just want you to release all the, the, the rationales, all the uh, coping styles, all the defense mechanisms that we come up with to disappear off the path, to move off the path, the avoidance techniques, whether it's some sort of addiction, whether it's OCD, whether it's uh, overwork, okay, me, uh, whether it's um, just the perceptions and the viewpoints that we have that we can't be true to ourselves, we can't commit to who we are in our destiny because it's a full-time job to to do whatever else. And many of us go to that self-sacrifice pattern as an avoidance technique. It's very common with fifth dimensionals that we self-sacrifice in some way because we carry that service commitment so deeply that we often do the self-sacrifice through giving to others. And I want that really to be addressed. I want everyone to release the, the belief systems about it that in order to be a good person, we have to sacrifice ourselves. We have to give all of ourselves. If we don't, we are short changing whoever deserves to have us do everything for them, whether it's the parent or the spouse or the child that needs help. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't take a period of time to figure out what it is you need to do and uh, it, it takes more time to just adjust and acclimate to, a, say, a big change. But I want you all to understand you don't have to stay in that 100% thing for uh, forever. You can uh, release the need to avoid looking at, avoid facing, avoid fearing, uh, being who you are and committing to yourself and taking responsibility for that destiny pattern which I know all of you really at some inner level are wanting or you wouldn't be here for this healing. You wouldn't be present. So, okay, let me see. Let's go back to the symbol and see what's happening. There is a lot of heartache coming up, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of sorrow and a lot of grief and a sense of failure because we've all walked away. They've all been, we've all had lifetimes where we have walked off the path. And then what happens? The guilt. The shame, the, you know, oh, you know, we're so terrible. We're sinners. We, we didn't do right, you know. And then the self-attack, the self-judgment, the self-criticism. Oh, my gosh. And all of that is coming up now. And I want everybody to release it. I, will, I said it earlier today, and I cannot emphasize enough. Even when we walk off the path, we are 
doing our destiny pattern. The passive one where we give out that energy, that electric true soul essence energy, we are giving it out and everyone that, that comes across us that is ready and willing and wants to take in that energy magnetically draws it in. All those humans that we come in contact with draw it in and in fact we are doing the destiny. Sometimes the hurt, the wounds, the pain, the suffering that we have experienced is so intense that we do walk off the path. We absolutely do. And what do we do? We go through a series of time, and you know, when we lay aside the body in the human kingdom heavens, or uh, we take on a series of lives where we don't take on a big thing, and we go through a healing process, and then we get back into the game. Okay? There isn't any shame here, but we carry the shame. And so I want all of us to let go of the shame and the guilt and the feelings of failure, the big feelings of failure. Let everybody want you to let that go. And I'm feeling a lot of that coming up out of the symbolic chest and throat. Why it's doing that, I don't know, but it's a lot of that, and it's carrying with it the, the repression of expression that I see so often, the the symbolic holding in who we are, not being who we are, not expressing who we are, but hiding, hiding ourselves behind uh, whatever else we have in our life, feeling that we can't be fully accepting of ourselves. See, I went through this big pattern. I shared it with you uh, last year, I think, the end of the year, so big that I realized I wasn't fully accepting of myself because I was hiding, not sharing this fifth dimensional information. That is part of me. I've lived it for 30 plus years. It is important to me. And what do I do? I hide. I hid it from you. So now I'm not hiding it anymore. And so that that's part of the repression of expression, repression of our life. And I'm feeling a lot of that release coming out. This, this not accepting who we are this lack of self-acceptance, and it's very deep. And I went through layers of it. I saw myself getting better and better at speaking up and coming forward and sharing. Uh, and then I went through that huge, profound thing that is reached some very deep, deep, deep kernel of something. And so that is coming up here, too, because it's part of all of our journey where we have, for so many different reasons, had to hide. Um, sometimes it's out of fear, uh, of course. Uh, sometimes it's practicality, sometimes whatever, but we've had to hide and we've had to dim the light and we've had to, um, we've avoided opening up because it could mean great cruelty and great suffering and not only for ourselves, but often for the loved ones, the family members. So we want to release all of that. Let all of that go, um, all that suffering, all that dimming of the light, the lack of self-acceptance, the lack of self-worth, of course, needs to be let go, all the self-criticism, the self-judgment, the self-attack, you know, I did it wrong, I'm a failure, again, with the shame and the guilt. Let's just let all of that go as much as you can possibly do. And I'm seeing it just coming up like, you know, you have a pit with uh, coals in the pit. 
red hot coals and you pour water on them and just huge amounts of steam just the water turns into steam and it's just pouring out and that's what I'm seeing now with this whole thing about the shame and feeling like a failure and the grief and all of that and it's darker than steam steam the image of steam is that it's very white looking but this is much darker this is very it's not black but it's very dark and it's very uh it's big. You guys are all releasing a lot. I'm very happy. And as it hits the light, um, it is neutralizing, but it's coming out so fast. It's like it's, I'm seeing it build. There's so many of us. I'm seeing it build and build and build. And it's so great. I'm so thrilled. I'm asking the higher self to please activate that vacuum again and suck that stuff up and allow all of it to be neutralized. And it's clearing now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I want everyone to, um, I want to call in divine love, divine forgiveness, divine acceptance. Uh, And very important, well, I'm going to get to that in a second. Divine acceptance, divine forgiveness, uh, divine serenity, divine um, commitment to the self, commitment to the destiny. And I want it to move into all those places that symbolically have been left empty by all the releases. And I'm just, the process is still ongoing, but it's almost as if everyone is kind of in a state of stun. Uh, There's been a very profound release. I'm very, very excited. You guys are fantastic. And there's a lot of burden that's been let go. Now, I want to tune in. I want to do one other big thing, but I want to first, I mean, it's not going to take a long time, but it's big. Uh, I want to just first check out the symbol, the series of symbols we've worked through uh, from the hub. Um, That arrogant kind of person is gone. Uh, That left a long time ago. It's not back. The pool... It's still bubbling. There's still stuff releasing symbolically, which is fine. We want the process to be ongoing. Even if the healing ends, we don't want the process to to be ending. We want everyone to continue processing at that inner level. Um, There are no more big, yucky things coming out. So it's as if the process is winding down. It's, It's much more gentle now, but it is still at work. I want to just go underneath. You know, it's a little bit of this. There's more under the tip of the iceberg. I do see much more stuff under here, actually. And um, I'm really unhappy seeing it. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is, you guys did a lot. There's a lot of layers that came off. And why should I be surprised that after eons of time of building up this fear of commitment to the destiny and fear of responsibility to the destiny, why would I not think that there would be even more stuff? You know, but the healings are so great. Every time I do it, I think, wow. And in fact, they are great. And think people are moving through many more layers than that I was certainly moving through even five years ago, let alone 10 and 20 years ago. So there is a tremendous amount of things happening here. 
it's not a surprise that there's still more underneath. And with that, I really want to encourage you to listen to this show again and do it over and over again. Pause it right in the middle. If something else comes up for you because we didn't get to every single thing, okay, or if something comes up and there's much more detail, so pause it. And then, you know, I'm working on fear of the future and some specific things you know you're afraid of in the future. You can work on that on fear of losing my job or on fear of whatever. Uh, on fear of getting a divorce or on fear I'll never get married or fear of being alone or fear, fear, fear. Whatever else comes up for you specifically, personally, you can just sit there and continue to release. You don't have to see it, sense it. You don't have to. If it comes to your mind, go for it. You don't have to be able to pick up anything like I do. There have been many times where I pick, I mean, early on I picked nothing up. And even now, sometimes I'll pick, I'll see this big dark thing and I'll say, well, what is that to the higher self? Because I can't figure it out. And they said, you don't need to know, just clear it. We don't want you to empower it. And that comes up on a fairly regular basis with different people, different clients. And we don't need to to know. Not everything. It helps sometimes to bring things into consciousness, but it isn't a requirement. So don't worry if you feel like you're not getting anything or able to tune in. You still can do this work. I changed my life so many times. Oh my gosh, despite the upheavals that I had, my life was just, it was great. (laughs) It was great. And things that I wanted and needed came in, you know, into my life. So many things that I couldn't imagine despite the, the, the blocks I put in, in, in my way. And the same will happen to you, and fewer blocks will come in your way, what, at least the ones related to this particular pattern. Okay. One last thing. I want to just see if the higher self want to put the... Now, they're waiting on the cocoons for everybody. They want me to do this last thing, which is... Uh, I never did this until the last couple, three months. Now I'm doing it on a regular basis. I know I carry the purity, purpose, and sincerity motive because I was told twice, once by my father and then once years and years ago from Joan. Um, I don't under, never understood it well enough. I still don't know if once you carry it, you always have it. It's a guarantee or whether you can lose it. You know, I really didn't know. I still don't know. I'm telling you truthfully, I still don't know. What am I doing now and what I want to do for every single purpose, person here is I want everyone to, to just stand, sit, be wherever you are, and now I'm going to activate the energy, the divine energies that we all carry that will empower the purity of purpose and the sincerity of motive. Okay? Now it's going to move in. It's already moving in. It is in to empower what you already carry. I want my destiny to continue to unfold. Consciously, I want it. But I want to make darn sure that I have the cooperation with the true soul essence, with that that divine will part of me, that I'm working with it. And that purity of purpose and sincerity of motive is like the connecting link. And it puts us in cooperation with that divine will which pulls us through when we have issues at the facade level. It might take 
weeks or months or years to pull us through. It'll be shorter and shorter now because my things were many years ago. Now it's intensifying. Now they're happening. The pull through is happening. But I want everyone to experience the empowerment of the purity, purpose, and the sincerity of motive. And it's moving in. I'm seeing it is actually moving almost like a um, a spiritual skeletal system. It's bringing that in as the foundation of who you are symbolically. And it is tying the two soul processes, the, the, the um, facade and the true soul. It's like it's, it's tying them together, but not in something that's stiff and unmovable un, um, or uh, rigid or, uh, you know, any of those kind of negative kind of... It's, it's like a very gentle weaving, but very strong, uh, very empowering feeling. And it's almost as if everyone is going to be able to stand up a bit straighter and just being and accepting the totality of who they are. Now, one thing that I noticed immediately when I activated it is that, that a lot of nervousness came up. A lot of uh, what's going to happen, what does this mean, well, I no longer have choice. Uh, you know, a lot of these little fears came up. Whether you felt them in your mind or not, uh, doesn't matter. But they were popping up everywhere. And I want all of those now, I want you all to consciously release them. Because, of course, no matter what we do, you always have free will. You can choose a week from now, a day, a month, a year, 20 years from now, 20 lifetimes from now, you can always choose to walk off that path. You can always choose to move away from that free will connection. This isn't permanent. It is not going to bind you. It is not a prison. So I want everyone to release the fear that it is. The fear that we won't have choice anymore. The fear that somebody else, something else is going to tell us what to do. And it's not about that, but that's where we go. That's where I would go. Um, so I want everyone to release that. It's about working in harmony. It's like becoming a team. You're equal. You've got equal members here, and each part of the team has a say. And if you work as a team, you're stronger. You carry, you know, often in many teams, two are better than one. Two heads are better than one. You know, that whole thing. And so it's a team effort. But if at any point you wish to leave the team, the door is always open. There's that fail-safe, remember? We always have free will. That door is always open. There is never a trap. We are not being held in prison. It's just we go there, that knee-jerk reaction, because we so often uh, perceive things from what we've experienced in life. Often there is only one choice or another. Uh, but in this case, no. There's always the fail-safe. We always can choose, consciously and unconsciously, to move off the path. And with that, I'm going to call in divine serenity. I do see a lot of being, a lot of stuff being released, um, uh, and there's probably much more that will come up. The fear of not having choice is a big one. Uh, we've been in so many lifetimes where we've been constrained in a million different ways. You know what I'm talking about. 
rules and regulations and what we have to do and how to be and, you know, all of that. If you're female, then this is your role. If you're male, you're... I mean, it just is endless. And so we tend to react naturally to the idea that if there is some sort of something tying us to something, it's going to be restrictive. It's going to make us unhappy. We're going to suffer. We're going to this, that, and the other. And so what I'm saying to you is it's not like that. It's not... um it's nothing that has to hurt us in any way. And as a matter of fact, it's going to help us. We're also, remember, releasing our fears of responsibility and commitment. And so whatever we throw up, whatever roadblock we put in, we're actually going to be helped by the true soul essence. We're going to be helped by that part of our soul to get through the pull-throughs that are needed and necessary for us to go through this full full uh, soul-mind detox, the full transformational uh, um, process that we're all going through now. Whew, wow. Um, I'm exhausted in a very uh, intense, uh, energized way, Um the higher selves are putting all the cocoons around everyone. Um, it's really cute. It's as if all everybody's going to sleep. It's just so cute. It went from the, the you know, sort of the Wild West with everyone running in and crowding in and, you know, how we are at concerts and stuff like that to now it's like everyone's been put to sleep in the most gentle and... Um, very loving and very caring um, way. And um, the higher self very slowly are closing the forever now moment. They're just allowing a little bit more processing. There is some pain that's coming up, some heartache still still processing. That's what I'm feeling, that there's still some pain here. That has to be very deep for all of us. We have to experience this is not physical pain. This is the emotional pain, the, the grief, the sorrow, the agony, the despair. I don't know why it didn't come up before, but I guess the higher selves are were waiting for me to to get to it, to, to start calling it out before they fully close that forever now moment. Um, and that is coming out and that is processing. And remember, you can process all you want within the cocoon. We don't need to have the cocoon off because the processing is actually continues in the cocoon. So, okay, that's beginning to clear. There was a lot of yuck stuff coming out. Um, it's as if the, it's important to, um, release enough of this stuff that it's sort of a balanced clearing, balanced release. I'm just understanding that, you know, because I'm always talking about so many different aspects when I do these healings. And what the higher selves are indicating to me is that the balance of the release is really positive and really helpful. It, if we, if we have a pattern and it carries, say, five, I'm just using this as a sample, five really big parts of it, okay? And we just released two. It's as if we're leaving three parts and that will sort of maybe will grow on, continue to give birth again to those other two in some way. It's not quite the right analogy, but there's still, those three parts are still heavy enough that we haven't released a balanced enough uh, uh, the pattern in a balanced enough way 
that we're not going to get the results and the shifts uh, that we'll get. Now, we might not be able to release the totality of all five parts, but if we take off the top third, say, of all five in this balanced manner, that we are going to experience more of a shift. Um, it, it somehow is It's one of the reasons I'm now understanding why I get all those deeper parts. It's the higher selves are just indicating that to me because, you know, I get to the, the emotional pain and the agony and the despair and all of that, which I really hadn't covered. And I'm, I'm, so I'm asking my mind, really, you know, and they, and then they're, that's what they're telling me. So it somehow brings the healing into a state of balance in the best way that we can, given the amount of time. Um, so it's really in the state of balance for all of us. And now what I'm seeing on the hub is a very, uh, a new person. It's a, it is also a human shape. Uh, again, not one sex or the other, but it's got multi colors. It's like a, a rainbow. Uh, oh, it's taking in the rainbow bridge energy and it's infusing the totality of who we all are. And the rainbow energy, remember, is perfect balance. And so it is bringing us all into a state, uh, a higher state of balance um, and harmony. And it's beautiful. It's not that dark thing anymore. It's this beautiful state of balance. Oh. So with that, the higher self to have closed the forever now moment, and now the now moment is is staying in place just so as I can figure finish up the the oh my gosh I've got oh boy I went through that long thing wow I had no idea uh, okay well I love you all <laughs> feel free to email me questions comments oh guess what I started a forum. Oh, I meant to tell you that at the beginning. Well, it's just going to have to wait. It's a forum on my website. And I was going to give you the directions and everything, and I've waited the last minute. Most people probably aren't listening. But if you have questions about anything, this show, my books, life, uh, comments, I've started a forum because any questions you have, each any individual, other people will have. And I am going to be checking out the form. It's on my website, higherselfvoice.com. You first go on to free downloads and you sign in. You have to sign in first. Um, it's no biggie, you know, to sign in. Uh, you're not going to be chained to me. <laughs> um, but once you sign in, and if, you, if you're already signed in, fine. You just sign in if you already have an ID and a password. But if you're not, just create one. You know, everybody asks you to do it. Then you go over to a new tab I have. It says Forum. And on that, you have to hit New Topic. Now, it's, I don't know why this particular program does that, but you have to hit New Topic. And then you see the list of topics that I've chosen that we can use for the forum. If there's new topics that come up or people suggest new topics, I can always add, but I just started. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I will, I'm going to try to get the forum instructions out uh, on the website so that everybody knows, but it's really simple. You just have to sign in. And if you haven't got a sign in, you got to create one. Then you go to forum, then you hit new topic. Then you get a list, a drop down of all the topics. Very simple, and then you choose the one you want, and you can then do something. You can say something. Well, I'm 
Oh, my gosh. 60 seconds left. I'll talk more about it next week. I love you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being in my life and part of this journey. Uh, we're in this together, and uh, I, I love having you as a community, part of my community. It's just wonderful. Okay. Love you guys. Uh, until next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.